You're listening to All the King's Men, the official podcast of the Los Angeles Kings. Now, here's your host, Jesse Cohen. We are here at Citizens Business Bank Arena following the Kings versus Kings. I didn't, yeah. I didn't know how that sentence was going to end when I started it. Uh, joining me, James Whitlock. How are you doing today, James? Doing great, Jesse. So uh, we just watched 40 minutes. Well, no, that's 50 minutes. Yeah. Because there was the the two three-on-three, five-minute, three-on-three segments. Uh, but anyway, two periods of 20 minutes, five-on-five, then a five-minute three-on-three at the end of each period, followed by a shootout. Team Blake. I know it's hard to break, but in between each half, yes. as we talk yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, Team Blake comes away with a 5-4 win over Team Robots High, courtesy of an Ilya Kovalchuk shootout goal. Uh, what do you think of the event overall? Uh, it's a, it's it's exactly what it's meant to be. It's fun. Yeah. Um, you, uh, they're hockey professionals. They're going to play. It's it's not a powder puff game, but uh, for the most part, uh, you got to see some fun stuff. And I, I think uh, it's a credit to both organizations and working together and and uh, the community that these two teams have built um, with the players that they had. You could see they had fun on the ice. The first half ended uh, 0-0, no surprise to any Kings fans. Yeah. Uh, and then the second half exploded with uh, four, well, yeah, four goals each, uh, three in, in regulation and one in in three-on-three three for each team. Um, it felt a lot to me like the All-Star games do, which is the first half or whatever you want to call it, there's a lot of sort of slow playing. Nobody's hitting. Nobody's really trying to make a move on the goalie. Everybody's just kind of going at 70%. And then as the clock starts winding down, all of a sudden you start getting these stretch passes, you know, cross ice feeds. Well, I got to tell you, you're, you're right for the most part, but Clifford does lift a shoulder, put someone on the ice, and McDermott has been, happens to be on the other team mm-hmm. uh, who's also on the ice, goes and drops Clifford. And then on his way back to the bench, drops Clegg. So uh, I don't think anybody sent the memo to McDermott that. <laughs> no, well, there were there were a handful of players that were going full. That was great. Full like bore that. the whole time. And one of them, we'll get to them in a second, was Jared Anderson Dolan. Yes. Um, that was the player that Clifford put on his ass to start that sequence. <laughs> um, but then, you know, we get the we get the three on three. And all of a sudden we start seeing, you know, Brown and Kopitar and Carter and Toffoli and and Kovalchuk and Fanuf and Kempe, you start to see the guys really flying and, and getting some, some good chances out there. Yeah. Uh, let's let's just talk about Anderson Dolan. I've been reluctant to talk about him too much to this point in the preseason just because I feel like everybody's talking about him. Right. And, you know, with Velarde not in camp and Kupari not in camp, Anderson Dolan becomes the sort of focal point of the Absolutely. young players. So it's natural that everybody would talk about him, and he's absolutely living up to the hype that he's getting. So I just felt like, oh, maybe I'll spread the attention around to some other players. But I thought tonight Anderson Dolan was the player that most frequently stood out to me. Now, part of that is that the kid clearly doesn't have an off switch. Right. Like, <laughs> he just cares a lot about yeah. hockey. And so yeah. even in an event like this, where for the first 20 minutes, everybody was sort of going at 75%, he was going full bore. Um but the kid looks real good. Yeah, it, it was it was fun to see him, especially playing with some of the other players, um, which you're you're expected to see him play with, you know, in uh in a couple of years. So that was that was great. 
Um, some other players uh, highlighted uh, on the ice as well. Uh, you got your first check, uh, first look at Kovalchuk uh, playing against uh, a few people, so that was fun. And the goal he scored in the shootout, I mean, <laughs> Kempe tried uh, the move where you know he goes, you know, goes to the left, pulls the goalie out, and then he extends his One arm and it, tries yeah. to slide the puck past him on the right. Other than that, I didn't feel like anybody really put any moves on the goalies in the shootout until, but Kovalchuk <laughs> did, and he scored on it, and it looked very pretty. Uh, yeah, he the, honestly the play that stood out the most for me from Kovalchuk was in overtime. The first, <laughs> I keep calling it overtime. The first uh, three on three at the end of the first half. Yeah, there was a play down low uh, where Ayafalo had the puck in the corner, and Kovalchuk was all over him. I yeah. mean, physically, like right. I'm. I'm not sure that a penalty wouldn't have been called had that been a proper game. <laughs> but just the same, the fact that he was out there. You know, giving it his all, trying his best, even in a in an exhibition uh, event. I won't even call it a game. Um, but he was out there playing defense, trying to get the puck back. You know what I mean? It wasn't a flashy scoring opportunity. It was a it was a hustle play in the corner. Um, so it was nice to see to see that out of Kovalchuk. Do you, so seeing that does that does that now kind of give you at least a glimpse into? Um dispelling some of the talk about well you know the guy's mid-30s and are we going to see enough out of him is he, is he going to have it enough gas in the tank i i never bought into any of that stuff to begin with um frankly we, you know we live in a world where all it takes is three or four people to repeat the same idea yeah in a row and all of a sudden that becomes uh reality sorry you're making a face i'm trying to see what what we're looking at <laughs> this over kid here. just took about 12 step dive oh no um <laughs> But, but there's all this talk about the game getting younger, the game getting faster, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But look, good players are good players. And yes, sometimes age catches up to players earlier than others. But Yarmer Yager's still playing, right, <laughs> well into his 40s. You can't have it both ways, right? Chris yeah. Chelios played till he was near almost 50. And yeah. I mean, there are these athletes you know robotai played till he was 40 41 something like that and was perfectly productive all the way through so i mean so what that he's 35 that doesn't yeah i agree with you 100 you know, and and talent is talent yeah um and then you know getting experience in in a different league coming back uh he it's not like he's only been khl and is coming to the nhl like he has nhl right. experience he's been to the finals uh uh and uh I think I think this is uh this is a good showing for him. And and I'll tell you what, just watching just watching his assist on the goal <laughs> and how much attention he gets. Yeah. To where someone could just come around the back end and just have a wide open net because they're so focused on that shot. Well, that's the effect, you know, we I've mentioned this a few times already over the last week or two, but but that's the effect we saw with when Gabrick joined the team. That's the effect you see when a guy like Jeff Carter joins the team. Whether or not the player is as good as the reputation, the other team still has to defend the reputation. Yep. Right? Because you don't know yeah. if if he's 35 and he's washed up and he's done, or if he's Yarmir Yager and he's coming back and he's about to put up six seasons of, you know, 20-plus goals or something like that. So, you know, I thought he looked great. I thought he and Kopitar and Brown, I, I wasn't particularly blown away by their chemistry. But, again, this was an event where – Everybody was sort of moving at 70% for the first half and then, right. you know, 
the names that honestly that jumped out most to me during this event, and this is probably just a coincidence of experience more than how well everybody played, but the names that jumped out to me were names that I don't recognize. Mm -hmm. You know, so Morrison had the pass on Jared Anderson Dolan's right. first goal. It was a beautiful play. Right. He holds the puck, dipsy doodles around the left faceoff circle, pulls a defender to him. Anderson Dolan's wide open on the right side of the net, cross ice, cross slot pass, boom, empty net. Um, but but okay, so I noticed Morrison. Uh Falkovsky uh, is a big Russian guy, defenseman. I think he's six foot eight or something like that. Yeah. Uh, oh. Pardon me while I touch the mic to get this piece of paper out from underneath of it. Uh Falkovsky, yeah, he's six foot seven, two hundred and twenty four pounds out of Minsk, Belarus. Man. Um uh, before today, all I could have told you about him was he's big. Yeah. Um after today, I feel like pretty confident that that he should be a, a i would say a pretty decent ahl defender mm -hmm. uh, i thought Chaz radikop had a few good moments kel clegg had a few good moments so there's all these young names that that may never wear a king's jersey but are going to be playing in ontario this year and the the i will say this for the argument of speed and youth if you can have your development team full of talented fast effective young players even if they never wind up wearing your team's jersey, right. so much the better because they're going to make the guys that do wind up wearing your jersey that much better for having played with them. So I'm pretty excited about Ontario's season and the Kings season. Uh, were there any other players that, that maybe aren't as familiar to Kings fans that, that stuck out to you today? Well, you you uh, you tweeted about it, but Edom yeah. with three goals and um... – I don't know. There's a there's an argument going on right now that there were actually two hats that hit the ice. I saw zero <laughs> for three goals. To me, that's a hat trick. Yeah. No. Absolutely, it was. <laughs> so I I don't know. I I I think we we got to shake off the rust here in Ontario and <laughs> hold up some hockey standards because I believe in tradition. I want to get back to the Anderson Dolan issue because yeah. the better he plays the tougher spot it puts the Kings in. So we all know Kovalchuk, Kopitar, Brown, uh, Pearson, Carter, Toffoli, Ayafalo, Kempe, and presumably Clifford Lewis. Well, yeah, Clifford Lewis. Mm -hmm. So then you've got, you're down to, I mean, well, I'm assuming Nate Thompson makes the team. So now you're talking about the 12th forward, the 13th forward, and if they choose to carry a 14th forward, the 14th forward. And I think everybody assumes that those spots were going to Amadio, Brodzinski, and Velarde. If Velarde's not healthy, right? does Anderson Dolan take the spot that Velarde would have? Does he does he take it, you know, does Emerson Edom earn a spot? Like, it's, it's only the 13th and 14th forward spots we're talking about, but for guys like Brodzinski and, and, and Amadio... This is sort of it for them, right? If they don't mm -hmm. make a push and earn a spot and make the team, I don't know what the future in the organization is for these guys. And and right. I say that I love Amadio, right? Like I want nothing more than to see him be the regular four C moving forward. But he's not as good at faceoffs as Nate Thompson. He's not as fast as Nate Thompson. He's not a veteran like Nate Thompson Doesn't is. Have the experience. So you know, I think I expect him to get a lot of playing time, regardless. But if Sheldon Rempel puts together a good camp, if Emerson Edom puts together a good camp, if Anderson Dolan is the player that he looks like he is, right, right. that's a really tough call 
that could really impact some of the Kings fringe I, players. I don't think it's that tough of a call. I mean, he, he, you want something to happen for, for every player, but um, truth be told, people's time, it's it wouldn't be the first time in sports where people's times were passed up because they were just there at the wrong time and yeah. they got overshadowed by by uh, upcoming talent. So uh, it's it's the name of the game, and, and uh, it's kind of one of those things where there's a home for them. It just might not be here. This is one of the reasons that I really don't like the AHL, CHL protection rule. Um, I understand why it exists. I'm not necessarily advocating for it not to exist. But I feel the same way about this that I do about the one and done rule in, in basketball with the N- NBA and the N- uh, NCAA. Um, you know, we, we have these established development youth leagues that mm-hmm. exist you know whether it's collegiate basketball or junior hockey and we don't want to see them disappear because we have you know cultural affinity for them right, right. they're institutions you right. know if if ncaa basketball went away it would be a bummer for a lot of people not to mention all the money that, that right. those schools would lose but from a purely sort of business free market argument you know, a guy like Anderson Dolan, in my mind, should be allowed to play in the AHL. Yeah. He's an adult. He's can sign a contract. But because they're afraid of the talent drain from the CHL, he's not allowed to play in the AHL. So it's the Kings or back to juniors for Anderson Dolan. Yeah. And it puts him in this really crummy position of what's left in the what's left in juniors for him nothing right he'll go he'll be the best player he'll score 90 something points there's no challenge no growth yeah but if he comes to the kings maybe he's like i said the 13th forward maybe he never plays or maybe he plays bottom six minutes or something so Mm -hmm. you have this the situation where it would be perfect for him to go down to ontario be the second line center or something right play against men you know like kupari gets to go and play in a professional league against men He'll come into the NHL next year or the year after that, having honed his skills against mm-hmm. other professionals. And Junior is quasi-professional, but it's not. Yeah. They're kids. You know, you're yeah. playing against 15-year-olds. Absolutely. Um, so it's kind of a bummer. I mean, it's a nice problem to have on the one hand, to have a team full of 19-year-olds that you can't send to your AHL team. <laughs> <laughs> but it's... It's one year, though. I mean, yeah. And it, and it is a tough call, but it's not going to define his career. So I think, I think you... Uh, you, you get him where he's going to get the most time on ice yeah. at this point because uh, you don't you don't want to have him just sitting around watching watching sports happen and not be active uh, because I think just staying staying loose and staying active is, is going to help even though it's not as challenging um, it, it still is something it's more more than not yeah it just and it also goes to highlight um, how unfortunate it is that we haven't had a chance to see Velarde yet. Um, Presumably, his injury is not so serious that he'll miss any significant time. But, you know, does he make the team if he hasn't played significant preseason minutes? Like, I don't know. I, I think the answer is still yes. But, you know, do it when we've seen we've seen injuries that people try and come back too quick and do it. Do it when it's going to make most sense. Right. Uh, don't uh, don't rush it, because if it means five at ten more games, then it's five, ten more games. Um, but. If you take him out for you know two thirds of a season, then then you really have a bigger impact. So I I, I want to see him. I'm excited to see him, but uh, it uh, it will be when it's supposed to be. I think. 
So there has been some non-King uh, news since last we spoke. <laughs> uh, Eric Carlson gets traded to the San Jose Sharks. Yeah. Uh, uh, thoughts? Hated it. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, that it's scary. That's yeah. I mean that's scary. You know I had a bet uh, with Kings Realm uh, last year about who was going to be the better defenseman, Carlson mm-hmm. and Burns. And I just kind of find it funny now that they're both on the same team. <laughs> yeah, you know, I've seen a lot of people talk about the fact that Carlson and Burns don't play defense. Some people have referenced their plus minus. And look, these are arguments that I myself have used to compare them to Drew Doughty, right? Right. And so I, I, I don't argue any of these points, but I think what people are missing is uh, Mark... Uh, I'm blanking on Vlasic's full first name. But, um, oh, what is happening down there? Why is everybody booing? Or are they saying Luke? Anyway, um, right, Vlasic is one of the better defensive defensemen in the league. Mm-hmm. You pair him with Burns or Carlson, it doesn't even matter. Yeah. As that's your first pair. That's a dynamite first pair. Yeah. And then your second pair has either Burns or Carlson. Right. I mean, that that instantly becomes the best second pair in league by by leaps and bounds right um and with jones and net i don't see any reason uh that the sharks shouldn't be favorites to win the pacific mhm um especially with with uh vegas having the problems they're having with their blue line they've got shay theodore without a contract mm-hmm. and uh and the guy that got suspended i sorry completely distracted by all know, this right booing or luking or whatever it is <laughs> um but uh nate schmidt getting the ped suspension for 20 games so mm-hmm. and and i don't expect mark andre Fleury to have the same season that he did last year so i think vegas takes a step back i think the yeah. Sharks become the favorite to win the Pacific. Yeah. And this is, I mean, ta- you, we always talk about windows. You know, is their window open? Is their window closed? They now have a one-year window. Right. That, you know, because Thornton is 39. Carlson doesn't have an extension yet. He may get one. Pavelski needs a new deal at the end of the year. It's like, this is their year. Yeah. Um, I fully expect them to be, to come out both fins blazing. Let's see. <laughs> Let's see. Let's see if anybody can score a goal first. I mean, that's, that's going to be the... Uh... That's going to be an exciting factor because we know they can score. So, um, and and Burns does have a shot. So, yeah, I. I but it is once again one of those wait and see things. You, yeah. Is the dynamic going to work? Are they going to be able to to figure it out? And and it seems like they're they're pretty enthusiastic about that that chance. So, it's gonna it's definitely going to have to be a wait and see for the Sharks. But uh, I know uh, I know our fans are looking forward to putting some goals in the back of that net yeah and that is you know the lingering detail that keeps coming back which is it is the sharks right and they <laughs> right even though they made that run to the cup final they still <laughs> have that reputation of being the sharks and you know carlson's great but he's never you know he's not that it's his fault but he's never won the cup mm-hmm. um so we'll see i i hope it doesn't work out i hope the chemistry is awful and obviously we hope the king's finish ahead of the sharks in the standings but i have to say i am personally terrified yeah i i would i would like to ask that all the talent stop coming into the pacific unless you plan to come to the kings because um yeah i don't like it no it's not great it's gonna be a much uh better pacific division than it was last season i mean the sharks should be better the ducks i'm not sure about frankly i don't like the pickups they made in the offseason they're not making the playoffs but they're still 
the Ducks. Um, Arizona, just based on their record at the end of last season, you know, they were a, a great team that made some roster improvements. Right. Calgary picked up a couple players. I, I refuse to be scared of Calgary, but I have to concede that they made some moves that, that should help them. Edmonton, I, who knows? <laughs> just, who knows? Good luck. But, Good it, luck but it shouldn't surprise anybody if Edmonton does rebound, right? Like, I'm not expecting it, but it just wouldn't. Yeah. Connor McDavid is too good, and Leon Dreisaitl is too good for them to be terrible forever. You right. Know, I, apparently, they don't have any defensemen, and, you know, I don't know about their goalie, but but they should be competitive. They need to score more goals. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the only team in the Pacific that I'm not worried about categorically is Vancouver. Right. Every other team I've at least got my eye on coming into Staples Center with a little tug of the collar and a, and a, well, I can see how they could beat us tonight. Right now. And that's not to say that if the Kings lose to Vancouver, I'm going to be crestfallen. Although I will, I'll be, I'll be outraged, but you know what I mean? Like <laughs> Vancouver comes in and I'm looking at the calendar thinking, okay, that's a win. Yeah. Every other team of the Pacific, I'm looking at the calendar and saying, okay, that's a fight. Any, ca- any Canadian team we, we win count it. Uh, any Canadian team? Any can- any Canadian team in the Pacific? We win. Oh, <laughs> but, uh, thank you for letting Winnipeg, me clarify. I that. don't know. Because <laughs> like, Ottawa, sure. Montreal, sure. Toronto's a fight, but Winnipeg. Yeah, I don't know. Winnipeg's pretty good. Yeah, anyway, I think that's gonna wrap it up for now, James. Sounds great. Uh, Kings fans, Staples Center Tuesday night. Preseason is official under officially underway against the Arizona Coyotes. Uh, but for now. James Whitlock. I'm Jesse Cohen. Thanks for listening, Kings fans. We'll talk to you soon.